Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Constructing the Clubhouse, the world's best podcast about opening a comedy club in Barcelona during a pandemic. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew Murtha. Joining me, of course, wonderful co-host, Johnny Boyalis. Hey, everybody. Sorry for the delay on updates. We like to be the best podcast, but the most inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had been, I went off to the States for a little while Mm -hmm. and then came back and went off to Madrid for, what is it, a colossal waste of time and money. Yeah. um, Um, But now I'm back and we got some club business to discuss, Johnny Boy. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to update on, lots going on. Uh, What, bittersweet in some ways? Oh, lordy. Bitter in other ways, I guess. First of all, we should say that the, the club has been going amazing Yeah. Uh, in terms of the response to, to shows, in terms of people showing up, in terms of new stuff, solo performances coming through. Um, we just had on Saturday, we had, we broke all the records for, for everything. We had three shows, uh, all of them were sold out. Uh, we made, we broke the record at the bar by about 160 euros, which we'd actually just broken the, the previous next, night on yeah. the Friday. So in terms of the response to this place, uh, just could not be more grateful for, um, for everything. Yeah. We hired a new person. We hired a new person. That's a big, that's a big reason that, uh, <laughs> that we're, we're making so doubled. much money. He, um, he charged one of our regulars, Cam. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I, I, obviously I charge him, but there's a, a certain amount of, of leeway that he gets for being, you know, one of my best friends. Uh, and he had a wild night, was drinking all night, and then got charged the full amount at the end, uh, yeah! which is nice because he was like buying other people Thunderbit shots, and it's like, yeah, you can do that, but you have to pay for it. You can't be yeah. offering our booze uh, to people. So I think that was a slightly rude awakening, but it, it sort of it makes up for all of the booze you didn't pay for. Well, it doesn't even make up for that. He's just, Probably paying, not. He's just yeah. paying full price, you know? Yeah. Uh, so having Carlos has been a real a real treat uh, and helps us relax. Oh my gosh, so much. More. So I'm, much. I've definitely just, every time he's been working, I've been like here in a supervisory capacity, <laughs> but really not like doing much, just kind of leaving him to it. Uh, and then he'll tell me stuff to do. But he's keen. He's awesome. He's, he's a great, awesome. great bartender. And he wants to do more, right? Wants like he wants to, to make cocktails and wants to make fancy cocktails. Shit. Needs the work. Uh, is enthusiastic. He'll, yeah, and flexible. And likes the mic time. Right. He's a comedian, relatively new comedian, which I think is it's like almost the perfect job for someone in that position because. While we don't favor the staff here when it comes to putting them on stage, uh, it has some, some sort of natural benefits if someone yeah. drops out or if just you've got a bit of extra time in a show, then you'll I'll squeeze Matt on or just whoever's kind of around. So being around is, is useful. Uh, so, so now that we have a new employee, we can fucking leave this place, right? Right. We're getting, we're, we're too big. Yep. We're too big. Saturday was too crazy. We could have sold an extra 50 tickets at least, I'm sure. Uh, so the main reason we've decided to leave Pub Limerick is that it's just <laughs> too small for us. We've outgrown yeah. uh, the place. So I guess that's a like a, an official announcement. Yeah, we have decided to leave Pub Limerick. Yeah, which is with a with a heavy heart, I've got to say, because because neither of us, I think, take lightly what what Limerick's given to us. It was it was the home of Bomb Shouter years before the comedy clubhouse even even started 
We've had some of the best nights here. You've had some incredible solos here. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> we do. We, unfortunately, we, we, we have to leave. Basically, we've discussed on this podcast before the, the deal the landlord was offering. Um, and she's sort of turned out to be immovable immovable on the issue and it's the kind of thing like asking us for 50 grand to to rent a license for for 10 years is just it's just not how people should do business in barcelona uh, and all of it to, up front it's all of it up front yeah it's bizarre everyone i've talked to since she was trying to pressure us into making a quick decision which is like automatically that's sort of the sign of a scam right when they're like no no you can't hang up no no you can't yeah. talk to your wife or your business partner no you have to decide now so it was it was one day and then the next day she was sort of saying you know what's your decision i have to decide all of this kind of uh can i say hysteric pressure <laughs> um and in the end i think it's good that we we took a step back and didn't feel rushed into anything because everyone i've talked to we're talking with lawyers we're talking with agents we're talking with uh accountants and every single person we've talked to just says it's it's ridiculous it's exploitative she can do it she's allowed to do it it's her space but it's dumb. it's crazy dumb, it's dumb, dumb 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 it's dumb i actually called I, don't, I didn't tell you this matt but i called the place just straight across the street oh yeah uh, to see what the deal was uh because oh there's just a big part of me that would love to like close down here and then like start the most successful new bar in barcelona i think we can probably call ourselves that uh straight across the street from from yeah that'd be great it'd be something just victorious about it i was thinking i'm gonna always i'm gonna always send her updates on how we're doing business wise and just be like oh i'm sorry are you still on the mailing list my bad yeah yeah we'll just we'll add her into the whatsapp regulars group every week That's how I think in the next two weeks we should sort of promote as well as just to get as many people as possible to join that regulars group. Because mm. uh, when we move into this new space, actually, should we talk da, about da, the da, new da, space? Because <laughs> uh, we've found, we've been keeping it under our hats for a while um, because we've found a beautiful space, but we've just been trying to get our heads around how it's going to work and everything. Do you want to describe the space? Well, I don't know if it's my place to, but yeah, so basically when all this started going down, John worked with a realtor to find a, a bigger, better clubhouse. And what he found was damn near perfect. So it, it's a, um, it's a two level space in Bourne near the Basilica Santa Maria, Santa Maria del Mar. Del yeah. Mar. Yeah. 50 meters away, um, in a little, little alleyway, so it's sort of off the beaten track but we can we can theoretically feet, 50 meters yeah, yeah theoretically we can get people to fly outside the church which is you know sort of a tourist hot spot yeah um which is more jobs for shit comics more jobs for shit comics that's what we do here that's uh, uh we just recently calculated because it's the end of the quarter calculated how much we're earning it's about we can say how much it is it's about sure. it's about 1500 euros a month each yeah. which is Enough to get by on. Enough to get by, but it's goddamn the hardest I've worked for 1,500 euros yeah. in my life. And I used to have a paper round. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God. But it's uh, the advantage of the way that I look at it positively is that everyone else is also making money. Like, like all the comedians that come are making some money, at least all the showrunners are getting, you know, a few hundred euros a month. So it's just yeah. like it's, it's fueling kind of the economy of comedy in Barcelona, um, which is... 
just amazing. I think it's Hashtag amazing. mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the new space, though, was formerly a wine, like a wine bar, wine cellar, right? Right, where these guys were doing basically wine tastings in the basement area. So that's going to be our show area. Yeah. Big area, about 80 square meters. Um, reckon we can do, I reckon we can fit 60 people pretty comfortably. So about twice as many people as we've got in the performance room right now and and relatively good and then and worst comes to worst not worst comes to worst but for packed weekend shows i think we can get even more people in there uh so we're upsizing uh, which feels natural yeah so for to give people an idea it it's one of these it's a it's kind of like a long narrow it's two levels first of all and the upstairs level is just one big long narrow room with entrances on both ends for one street or another there's like a small space for where a bar could go. Mm-hmm. And then there's one toilet and one shower yeah. upstairs. And then you go downstairs and uh, you're led to like kind of two doors that are opposing one another. The door to the left goes to the green room, which fits maybe like five to 10 people. Mm-hmm. And then the door to the right goes to our event space, which is a long, narrow room that John said uh, will fit around 60 people, we think. I think so. There's actually from the upstairs area, there's a little, uh, like a porthole, a, a, a window, yeah. a window. So you set it up Sun properly roof. so that people that are in the bodega will be able to look through the, uh, hole in the hole in the floor, uh, to see the performance room, uh, which is a cool feature. Uh, yeah. The, um, one thing I'll say about it is that you have to like, the frustrating thing with the owner is that I don't quite know what her motivations are. Like, I don't know where she's getting with the owner of this current place i mean where she's getting uh the idea that it's good to kick us out that it's not just like we like because we would pay basically you know two thousand euros a month of rent yeah just for now just until we negotiate something and she could just be making that money and we'd be happy but she doesn't want to do that she wants to kick us out so it kind of feels like she just wants the space back for some reason but i can't imagine anyone wants the space yeah at least not for what she's offering us. So what's frustrating is that she, that she could have offered Rafa, the guy that was here before us, a better deal. She she just offered him a shit deal. She was like, I'm not negotiating during COVID. I'm going to get everything you can out of him. So he left, and then she gives us three months later a way better deal, right? And so we have six months here with a way better deal. Now that t- deal's off the table. She's giving us a terrible deal. We're going to leave, and then someone else is going to come along. And she's going to go through all this shit again. Right, she'll do exactly the same negotiation she could have done with us, but could she's going to do it with Rafa the new the people. Could have done with Rafa in the first place. Yeah. Having said that, I kind of feel like now that I've made that observation, I'm like, well, yeah, but we also saw that that had happened with Rafa and made the deal anyway. So yeah. we kind of, there, there was certain clues that we could have uh, taken uh, that to, to know that this was the case. But having said that, right from the start, right from the start, we said six-month contract, six-month proof of product. Yeah. And in terms of proving a product, we've, we, we did could it. not have done it more. I mean, yeah, six months in, we've got a viable comedy club in Barcelona that people love, that's selling out. Um, so that's, yeah, just a real blessing. And anyway, so what I want to say about uh, motivations is that... Was looking so, so Diego, this agent that's working for us, 
the, the way that he makes his money is when we buy the license off somebody else. So this is why I'm 23 grand and he'll make 10%, but not from us, from the guy that's selling us the license, right? So we don't actually pay anything. He's just helping us out. So his motivation is to sell a license as quick as he possibly can. That's just the most efficient way he can yeah. make money, right? So when it comes to questions like, oh, do you think we can actually do this here? Do you think it's legal for us to run comedy shows in the basement of this place? Do you think we can sell drinks upstairs? His attitude is like, totally, of course yeah. you can. Definitely you can. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you like. And then some stuff in Spain is always a little bit illegal, right? It's it kind of the way that they structure business is that is that in order to make money you have to break the rules to some extent like literally everyone that runs a bar here is doing that a little bit uh and it's just about gauging to what extent you can do that before you piss off the authorities and they yeah. come along and then pull you up on all of the things that you were doing wrong uh so it's interesting seeing uh diego's motivation and being like okay that's cool but let's just talk with some other people let's like almost independently pay people so we're independently paying an engineer now who just yeah. is this guy daniel who's amazing and came back to me immediately he was like there's you know six things that sometimes work for this sort of thing gave me a list he was like we can't do this this and this because of the zone uh but we can do this uh, and what it is, is it's sort of... Well, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. So one of the big things about the new space is that it, we're going to be buying a bodega license instead of a bar license. Here at Limericks, we have a C2 restaurant bar license. Right. Which allows us to sell beer, out liquor, and a little bit of food, but nothing that requires a fryer or an overhead uh, ventilator. Right. This bodega license is meant, is designed to, for us to sell drinks that people take to their homes, Right. Right. Exactly. So there's two different types of bodega licenses. There's a bodega with degustacion, and there's a bodega without degustacion. If it's with degustacion, you can sort of sell some drinks for people to try while they're there, but generally people are supposed to take stuff away. And then without degustacion, people aren't supposed to take it away. Aren't, sorry, aren't supposed to drink it there at all. Now, the one we have is without degustacion, so we need some kind of other thing, which would be a central center of cultural association and a space of live culture is kind of what it translates to. Uh, so that's what we're in the process of applying for. But we're basically going to need a slightly different twist on our, our legal structure to do what we want to do. Now, do we change the license from without to with? I think what we do is we, because if it's a, a cultural space and we are also an association of the arts, we will be able to, like, people will be able to drink in the place that's the association of the arts. There'll be a cultural space upstairs. So if anyone asks what, what's going on, it's like, oh, well, we're a cultural space. And then if anyone's like, oh, why are people drinking? It's like, well, we're an association of the arts. People are allowed to bring their own alcohol uh, to the Cultural place. They, like, from the place that they bought it to the place that they bought it <laughs> to see the cultural arts side of things that also happens in the same place. So the plan is to have the comedy association in the basement and the bodega upstairs, and we're going to sell drinks 
for people to take to the privately owned basement, right? Yeah, people have to understand, by the way, that this is all the way that you structure it in a legal sense. Yeah. So the last guy that was running the place was doing like wine tastings where people would come in and they'd, they'd pay for a wine tasting and then they'd do the tasting downstairs and it kind of worked okay because you're allowed to run events out of your place. Uh, in actual fact, people would walk into the place, want to drink some wine, and he would sell them an express tasting right then <laughs> and there on the spot, which would cost, you know, three euros and would consist of one kanya of beer. So it's, it's this is just us kind of putting it into a, a framework that, that makes sense, maybe legally. Yeah. Do you think that there's going to be a big difference between the legal way that we talk about what we do and how it's going to work in practice? I think we're going to do table service downstairs at all the tables and do a lot more like bills and basically try and keep as much of the drinking as possible in the downstairs area. Um, yeah, it's gonna, It's interesting because it's a much bigger space, but we're going to be kind of, I think, wanting, at least at the start, while we're still uh, sort of working out some technicalities, we're going to want to draw less attention to ourselves. Yeah. Um, so there's certain things that, yeah, we still still need to work out, but the guy, I, I actually had a fantastic conversation with the old owner, uh, the old manager of, of the bodega he's a german guy super cool um and he was saying he was there for you know eight years doing big wine tastings downstairs he'd say you know had 60 people down there often enough and it was fine never got an inspection never had anything happen so it's just going to be the extent to which we can control ourselves in terms of <laughs> in terms of what we allow to happen there you know yeah uh the cool thing about the space is that it's kind of, it's better for use as other stuff. Like Limerick is just a bar, whereas this will set it up how we want it to be as a, as a comedy club. It's a lot more sort of customizable. Uh, and then we're probably also going to set it up as a bit of a creative co-working space during the day. And then we'll do some sort of like wine courses, tastings, and basically kind of use the space to, uh, a better extent than we can use Limerick at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look out for workshops and stuff during the day, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so what our to-do list for this, basically, then, and to give people a timeline of what we're, what we're thinking about, is right now the, we're going to have this engineer review the, the location specifically and then come up with a, a list of right. suggestions and or requirements for these different... Yeah legal maneuvers we're doing so this report is happening now should come back in three weeks and then we should get a list of things we need to do he said the main thing he was like minimum requirements is like wheelchair accessible bathroom check check he was like that's dude disabled people i don't know i know their lives are inconvenient but they really make our lives inconvenient uh with some of these uh, laws and restrictions it's like Put yourself in their shoes, and they're really making us put ourselves in their shoes. No. In their wheels. In their, yeah. Um, but we won't, we don't need our upon that. Yeah. No, no, it's, well, we're fine. We're already in, in You're welcome, disabled people. <laughs> That's what John's trying Just to say. Just a little bit of credit here and there wouldn't go miss. 
But yeah, so we're going to get a list of stuff to do. And then the big question is whether or not we, we open the doors and start having shows from Jump while we try to get that stuff done. Or if we wait until everything is done and pristine and we have a, a grand opening type deal. Yeah, I kind of think... And the answer is we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Guys, we don't know everything, contrary to popular opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think we might end up doing some clandestine shows at the start a little bit, almost like invite only, you know, you let people into your, into your house, 40 people into your house in the evening and you say, you know, this is the club, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in terms of unleashing, like we've been doing here, by the way, next two weeks, we're unleashing. <laughs> we're filling up every single gap we've got in the schedule, uh, we're going to exploit Halloween, sorry, we're going to celebrate Halloween as much as we can. Uh, so it's going to be an awesome final couple of weeks. Can we talk about investment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because... So as, as part of this whole deal, we've been kind of doing okay as a bar, but it's, it's 23,000 euros for the license. We, in our joint bank account, we have about half of that. Um, personally, I've got about another... Actually, to be honest, it's a decent amount, six or seven, realistically. Oh um, boy. I've been working my ass off doing tours. <laughs> I'm such a bad tour guide. And I've been like working here until one o'clock every day, but, but tours are so good. And I'm kind of just like, while I keep getting off of them and while I, while I have them available, I'm going to do as many as I can. It's honestly, it's like 100 euros an hour or something crazy. Nice. So I'm just, I'm smashing out four tours a week and, and like saving money, which is, which is nice because I haven't done that since pre, pre-COVID. At a boy. So that's nice. So we, so we need to borrow, in my opinion, we need to borrow 10 grand, maybe 15 grand. It depends a little bit on the, um, the obras, the, the, the amount we, of work we got to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's, We're going to have to build a bar. Build a bar, build a bathroom. Um, but, this I mean, this is the thing, is any work we put into this place is just so much more permanent. We're signing like a 10-year rental contract. Uh, it's, it's, as I say, customizable, the space. So anything we do is just going to be something that we're creating from scratch. It can be just really, hopefully, a part of kind of Barcelona comedy. Um is the plan. What was I saying? I was paying attention. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't um, matter. Investing. Oh, investing. So we need... Uh, so we're going to need to raise between 10 and 15 grand. 15 grand, let's say. So we're just talking about ways to do it. Um, I can borrow money from my parents. That's fine. We can borrow money off people and pay them back at an interest rate. We may, in the near-term future, be asking some people that we know... Uh, for that kind of investment. Have we thought about asking the bank? We could ask the bank. I don't, I imagine it doesn't make sense to ask the bank. I think I would rather ask my parents than ask the bank. They've said that they would do it. I I don't like asking my parents for other reasons, but I trust banks less. (laughs) Uh, That's the attitude. I want to know, so so the other option is to float the idea to Michelle Wolf, which would be a different investment plan obviously we wouldn't just be asking her to lend us money we'd be asking her to come in as a partner yeah uh, effectively in exchange for 
15 grand for, I was thinking 10%, do a little Dragon's Den with Michelle Wolf type of thing. Um, so Shark you're, Tank for our American Just listeners. Just for one person. And it's not, by the way, it's not... The, the reason I would be hesitant, and you maybe have your own reasons to be hesitant about this, I don't, I don't want to feel like we're like exploiting her or anything like that, uh, or put pressure on her and make her feel weird. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of that kind of thing. Yeah, I'd rather just ask her if she knows somebody that would be interested in that type of investment. Right, we could figure... I think that's... Uh, instead of putting it all on her, just ask her for information and or connections. Yeah, we could do something like that. Two years ago, I would have been able to do this, set this up. By yourself. Yeah, just because I, I know that club owner in L.A. was looking to expand. Yeah. Um, but we can, like, we can get the money together. It just For me, it would be a real shame if, we, if, if Michelle wanted the opportunity and we didn't at least float it by her because yeah. of some reason of being like a little awkward. She's sitting there going, like, well, I felt awkward as well. I didn't want to yeah. approach them. And then just because we're all being a little bit awkward, like nothing happens. But, I mean, this is absolutely something I think that like some old, old hand comic would love to get a part of, you know, be a part of. Yeah, none that live in Barcelona, Yet. none that we know. Yet. Yeah, yeah, maybe that would be it. That Mad TV lady lives here too. Um, the girl from Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Can you imagine? Imagine if she invested. Yeah. So like, I'm of the opinion that it would be worth uh, floating at least a, a coffee conversation with with Michelle. A hundred percent, though. Like, there's some so many different things I wanted to float by her in a coffee conversation. Yeah, like it feels a bit weird. I sent her a drunken uh, voice message last night, just like after the not last night on Tuesday night because she came to perform on Tuesday. I don't know oh, if I yeah? told you that. Yeah, no. she uh, she came for Pro Comedians New Jokes, um, and then she was. Phil sort of talked talk to me afterwards and suggested that she, you know, she wants to be involved, but she doesn't want to impose too much, and she feels a little bit bad for, like, bumping, you know, comedians sometimes, and I just, like, I just wanted to reach out and say, like, look, we love having you here, we think you're great, and I promise, like, any comedians that you bump, they don't care either, like, we're not, yeah. we're not, like, New York or, or LA, where, like, people get bumped and they're like, oh, just because this person's, like, big and famous, they, like... No one's upset about it. We just we feel very uh, privileged to have her around. So I, I said a, a sort of a drunken version of that, uh, and she's very nice. I, I told her we were we were changing locations, sent her some photos of the new place, uh, and yeah, I think me and her are in a <laughs> spot where we can sort of talk candidly about this sort of thing. Um, there you go. Nice. So possibly that, but. Yeah, I'd let her know that it's not it's not necessary and and we can do it without her for sure. And we'll plan on doing it, obviously, without her. Totes McGoats. Well, if you can get a coffee date with her, I say go for it. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine if that was my ulterior motive? I was like, let's talk business. And then I was like, hey, babe. <laughs> no way. Should we make a big to-do list of things we have to do in the next two weeks? We should. Yeah. No, not on the podcast. Not on the though. podcast. Well, right. what do you have in mind? Well, I was thinking things like talking to distributors, trying to get as much like free shit in exchange for future loyalty as possible, getting business cards printed. We can, this is... That all seems like later stuff. 
I think we need something now. We need something printed now so that everyone that comes in... Like, now, this is the announcement, right? So today we do, like, an Instagram post, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or maybe maybe we wait till we hear back from the lawyer, but soon. I wouldn't want to get the cards printed until, yeah, until we know for sure that that's where we're moving. That's why I think just now we just send everyone to the WhatsApp group. Get as many people in that WhatsApp. There's, like, 130 members or something, which is cool. It seems pretty good. I think that what we need to be focused on is drinking down all the all the stock. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a whole bunch of tequila and gin and all sorts so of stuff. So much gin. I bought from another bar, from a bar that closed down earlier that I had my shows at. And we need to sell it all. We need to sell it all. We need to sell kava. Everything must go. Yeah, folks, get on that kava. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. 10 euros. 10 euros a bottle. Cava Rosa, the other Rosala, the other Cava. All right, we're wrapping up, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think this, so. Right? I'm giving everyone the update. It's uh, tentatively excited. I think, I think the frustrating thing for me, like I'm really good at being lazy. That's my, yeah. that's my, that's my talent. And I've honestly, I've been practicing for 28 years and kind of an old pro not very good at working hard and i'm just in this weird position in my life where it's the time to work hard it's like you just have, you to, have to and do it's it. like every single day i'm doing like 14 hour days between everything um and i can always do it on on a time schedule so when you went to the states i was like it's two weeks that's fine like i said it and i know in my head that that's how long i'm gonna have to work hard for and yeah. that's fine uh, and in the case of this bar, I was like, six months. That's how long I'm going to have to work hard for, and then I'll be fine. And now it's eight months, and we're just about to sign up for debt, and sign up for a new place, and sign up for a whole bunch of uncertainty, and sign up for another six months of, of Or we can cash out. Ass as well. We can cash out, Johnny Boy. We can cash out. Yeah, maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe it's not my dream after all. Take our money and walk away? It's not that much money. It's really no, it's not. not. No, it's not that much money. <laughs> it's basically what we about what we put into it. Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Alright, folks. Well, stay tuned to the podcast for more updates. Pretty soon we're going to talk about the, the history of Barcelona comedy with one of its elder statesmen. Mr. Andy J. Ritchie. Oh, we're going to get him on. That'll be cool. I'm so excited. Long time listener, first time guest. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I want to we'll get into some, you know, comedy before, in the before times. Yeah, yeah, how it all began. Very cool. All right. Thanks for all listening, right. guys. Yeah, big shout to producer Zach, as always. I've been Dr. Matthew Murtha, and this is John Ellis. Thank you, and good night.